You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast, episode number four. Today, we're going to talk about thoughts. Now, why are we talking about thoughts? We are talking about thoughts because here is where a tremendous amount of our power lives. But before we launch into that conversation, I have a couple of questions for you. Who do you hang out with in your mind? And whose opinions have you internalized? Now, if you're thinking I'm the only one in there, I encourage you to think again, and I'm going to ask you these questions again at the end. So where do our thoughts come from, and how do we use those thoughts to form beliefs? For a brief moment, we're going to go back down memory lane and think about development. So at birth, our rudimentary brains really don't have many developed circuits, And the way that we develop those circuits is through everyday experiences, right? Because we slowly develop very simple circuits based on interacting with our caregivers, interacting with the environment. And over time, we develop more complex circuits. But ultimately, our interactions with caregivers and environment teach us words and shape our conceptual learning And then we string concepts together into thoughts. So where do those thoughts turn into beliefs? So any thought that is repeated and instilled with the idea that it's true to us becomes a belief. It's that simple. And our content for these beliefs really does originate from our environment and the people we are around. We experience various stimuli. We strengthen circuits in our brain as it matures. And the books we read, the people we're around, the opinions our families possess, all inform our world experiences and thus our thoughts about them. So in general, thoughts repeated and instilled with the idea that they are true become beliefs and these beliefs shape the moral, ethical, spiritual development for us. Here is what's really interesting about thoughts. So we have tens of thousands of thoughts every day, but a ton of them go unnoticed and our brain utilizes an autopilot mode essentially so that each day isn't a completely new experience, right? We, we have created a map in our brain that consists of daily routines, daily people that are in our household, etc. So 95% of our thoughts are looped. 
they repeat every day. Research shows that roughly 80% of our thoughts are negative. And 85% of those thoughts, the worst nightmare thoughts, they don't actually happen. And of the 15% remaining, where some version of our worst nightmare happens, the vast majority, roughly 80% of those thoughts, were manageable and not as bad as expected. So when you put that all together, the end result is that 97% of our thoughts are baseless and negative, and they're going on underneath the surface without our awareness a huge part of the time. Why does this matter for you? Because thoughts repeated and instilled with the idea that they're true become our beliefs. And I don't know about you, but I don't personally want to live in the primitive brain negative zone where my brain is being an asshole underneath the surface 95% of the time. That just doesn't sound awesome. Now, a lot of the time when I talk to a new client or a fellow healthcare professional and I suggest that thoughts are just thoughts, but not necessarily true, I get a really funny look because this is just very foreign to most of our brains. Thoughts in itself are neither true or false. They're just thoughts. The only thing that we could consider true on a global sense would be circumstances. Now, that is... Probably not very clearly defined, so I'm going to go into that a bit. A circumstance is something that is truly out of your control. It is factual. It can be proven in a court of law. And if the whole world voted, the world would agree that this is what it is. Okay. So, for example, if someone has died, that is a fact. Everyone would agree someone is no longer on this earth. And here it is. Now, I'm not suggesting that there aren't people who live in a delusional world, but for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to assume that you're free of delusions. So when we are presented with a circumstance, the number and types of thoughts that could come and be stimulated from a circumstance are endless. There are so, so many Because if we took the same circumstance and showed it to 100 people, they're all going to have very different thoughts about the circumstance. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that I've ordered Mexican food, and it's arrived, and it's sitting on my table, and I've ordered chicken fajitas. So now that it's sitting on my table, the circumstance is there are chicken fajitas on my table right? I can't control that anymore. It's already happened. It's sitting on my table. But I could have so many thoughts about those chicken fajitas. I could be sitting there thinking, this is going to be so delicious. I can't wait. I could be sitting there thinking, God, this is going to be disgusting. And why would I waste my calories on this? I could also be thinking, 
this is going to give me food poisoning. You see how very different all three of those thoughts are. And depending on who's thinking it, a different one is going to come forward. So thoughts exist like a prism. If we assumed that the circumstance is the fixed part that we don't have any control over, but then we want to think about all the possible thoughts, what could be true? Our primitive brain is going to shoot out one option. It'll typically be our default option. And because it's our default option, we assume that it's true. But in reality, it's just a thought because all thoughts are just thoughts. What makes it true is that we assign our truth to it. So when you're faced with a circumstance and you have a thought and you don't like the feeling it's creating and the whole path that you're going down, that's the opportunity to ask yourself what else might be true. Now, just hang in there with me because I'm not trying to gaslight anyone and tell you that you can just change your thoughts and your problems will magically go away. That's not what this podcast episode is about. So to drive home this point again, I'm going to offer another personal example. This one actually happened. The Mexican food, I haven't been sitting there having three different thoughts about it and living in dissonance about fajitas. So at some point during the pandemic, my family finally gathered. It was like 18 months after the pandemic started. And my sister and her partner were in town, and we were meeting at my mother's to all have dinner together. My husband and I were still very reluctant to go in stores and shops, so we had groceries delivered. And wouldn't you know that the one item that was sort of crucial for the meal was out, so we didn't get it. So we thought, okay, we will stop at Walmart on the way to my mother's house and pick up the ingredient. And I get there and I go inside. They don't have it either. So I pick an alternative item and I go to checkout. Now, let me just say, I have never seen a checkout situation like this one. The self-checkout area had 20 to 30 people in it and the line was wrapped around the aisles. And there were several checkout lanes that were being manned by a person. So even though I only had one item, I decided to go in those lines. Because you know how it is when it's really, really busy. The people who have an entire cart full, they seem to get in the self-checkout line. They think they can go faster. So I picked a line that was manned by a person. And it was the shortest line. And I got in the line. All the people around me seemed to know something that I did not know because this was absolutely the slowest line. So I'm standing there with my one item and I start to get really angry. And I don't even notice what my thoughts are that are going through my brain. What I notice is that I start feeling angry, like my face flushes and gets really warm and I'm clenching my fist a little bit. And so that was my moment to be like, okay, 
what what is happening here? Because I don't really like feeling angry. Like this is not where I want to be right now in anticipation of having this dinner with my family. So what I realized is that I had come up with some narrative in my mind about this person who was checking out the groceries. She was very, very slow. But what is slow to me and slow to someone else may be different. So that's really not factual. That's just a thought. But she was extremely chatty and talking to everybody coming through the line as much as she wanted. And it's not like she was chatting and ringing up groceries. She was taking a ton of pauses and just chatting. No groceries. So in my mind, I had told myself, She doesn't care that we all have somewhere to be. Like, she's just there to socialize and have a good time. When I realized that that was the thought I was having, which was creating my anger, I decided to step back and look to see what were the actual facts. The fact was this. I was standing in a checkout line at Walmart on Maumelle Boulevard with four people in front of me. I was holding one item, and that was it. That was the only fact. I was also telling myself that my kids must be driving my husband crazy, because I just have to tell you, historically, my kids are fairly okay when the car is moving, but if you go and have to sit in a parking lot with them, they just turn into gremlins. I mean, it's like you gave them the water and there they go. But I didn't have any proof that that was happening either. It's not like he had texted me saying, these kids are going nuts, when are you gonna be out? Like in my mind, I had decided that they must be going crazy and that Ryan must be getting frustrated, but like that was not, I also had no proof of that. So when I realized that the only thing that was true in that moment that was really factual that I could hold on to was I'm standing in this line. There are this many people in this line. Here's the item I have in my hand. And I'm just standing in this line. And that absolutely took the wind out of my sail. I was not angry anymore. It took time for the physiologic response to wear off. But I had plenty of time for that to happen. So when I got up to the checkout and had the opportunity to interact with this woman, I was in a good headspace and I asked her, hey, how's your day going? And what she said to me was, oh, it's just great. There's nothing like being thrown in a shark tank with no life vest. This is my first day. I was absolutely shocked. Despite realizing that I had made up some sort of story about her, I could not get my brain to consider the possibility that maybe this was her first day. And fortunately, I had gotten my anger under control. So this was an opportunity I was able to say to her, oh, hang in there. Thank you for being here. First days are hard, but won't be new forever. And just offer support to a human that was suffering through the newness of a job 
with an absolutely packed Walmart. More than I've ever seen. Here's the other thing that happened. I started having all of these different thoughts. For example, I reframed the idea that she was super chatty because she didn't have a care in the world and, you know, it was just there to socialize. I reframed that and decided that she was probably really chatty because she was very discombobulated. She didn't know what she was doing. And so she was trying to be friendly and connect with people. She really was discombobulated. When my receipt printed, she couldn't find it. All of those thoughts were available to me at the very beginning. But I didn't recognize them. My rudimentary brain threw one up. I gave it the power of truth. And I got angry. And when I caught myself, I was able to scale back and relieve the anger and recognize that the only thing I actually had evidence for was just me standing in a line, the circumstances. But I actually wasn't at the time able to come up with alternative thoughts. And that's totally okay. But I'm using this example to illustrate how powerful thoughts really are. And this is a very non-threatening example. But these same sort of circumstances happen every day in all the facets of our life. I learned to be very impatient and to value efficiency in medical training. So my thoughts about this person who was checking out the groceries really was not dissimilar to thoughts that I might have had about a healthcare professional that seemed to be dilly-dallying and not doing something that the patient needed. So those thoughts and beliefs that showed up were formed in medical training and whose opinions internalized in my brain and influenced where I went. So many people I encountered along the way during training. In general, thoughts and beliefs are past focused. It's thoughts that we have repeatedly had and that we think we've collected evidence to support that over time become those beliefs. So again, I'm going to say this statement from the beginning. Thoughts repeated and instilled with the idea that they are true become beliefs. It's that simple and it's past focused. So my challenge to you is this. You may have beliefs currently and thoughts that are your default, that you formed in training, in childhood, all of those things, and they are past focused. But that's not the only potential for thoughts and beliefs. Thoughts and beliefs can be future focused. They can be based on what you want to think 
and what you want to believe. And if you're still sitting there saying thoughts aren't a choice, I urge you to re-listen to this podcast episode. Because they really, really are a choice. That doesn't mean that we aren't going to choose the thoughts we're having sometimes. But it's the awareness that there is more than one option for how to think about a circumstance. I can think of no stronger example than about going to work. Likely many of us have experienced a coworker that just exudes negativity. I mean, they come across as an absolutely toxic person. They're constantly complaining. They're constantly diffusing the environment with negativity. And I'd love to say that that doesn't impact us or me, but I can tell you it does. And there are moments where something will happen and I will hear that person in my head. It's like somehow it has created a circuit for me. And in that moment is the opportunity to observe the thought with compassion, recognizing that that's not actually the thought I choose. And saying, no, here's like here's the circumstance and here's what I'm going to choose to think about this. Right? Why am I emphasizing thoughts so strongly? It's really because that is where the magic is. So if we can observe the thoughts that our rudimentary brain gives us with just avid curiosity and compassion, nothing has gone wrong. This is just our default brain, the one that likes to protect us. And if we could look at it and examine it with curiosity and then think with intention to focus on thoughts that are serving to us, over time we cultivate new beliefs, beliefs we choose on purpose. Why do we need to cultivate beliefs that we choose on purpose? In large part, it's because Throughout our life, and particularly if you're a medical professional, you have cultivated beliefs that are not serving, that send the message to you that you don't deserve care, that the well-being of your patients and the healthcare system is supreme to your own well-being. And that is a core belief that we must work really hard to overcome. The system doesn't have to change one tiny bit in order for your belief to change. The only thing that has to change is you. So here is my challenge for this week. As you're going throughout your day, I want you to really ponder your thoughts. Whose opinions have you internalized? And do you want to keep them? Who is hanging out in your mind? And do you want them there? 
the opportunity always exists to revisit thoughts and core beliefs and work towards updating them and editing them. If you recognize that you have thoughts and core beliefs that you don't want there, and you feel like you're struggling with identifying what you do want there, I would suggest that you circle back to some of the questions I originally asked you about who are you. If you have decided who you are outside of roles, I am a healer, I am a thinker, I am a learner, you can identify the thoughts and core beliefs that align with the identity you have. I'm not suggesting that the rudimentary beliefs and thoughts aren't going to still show up. Your brain will always offer up the shitty committee. This is something I heard a fellow coach say, and I found it so hilarious and so true. What she meant by that is that our brains are designed for fight or flight. They've kept us safe, but we don't always need them to keep us safe. So does the shitty committee show up when we don't need it? Yeah. And where we go from there is our choice, right? I don't like the shitty committee, the voice in my mind that's telling me all the things that I, it thinks I need to hear to be safe. But does it have to stop? No. That thought in itself isn't the problem. The problem is focusing on the shitty committee's thoughts and calling them true if that thought doesn't serve me. As I said, thoughts exist like a prism. There are so many options. And the problem isn't necessarily the thought. It's which thought I am placing my focus on. So quite simply, which thoughts are you giving the most airtime? Which thoughts are you instilling your truth? And do you want it there? That's all I have for you today, my tribe. And just remember, wherever you are, whatever is happening, I'm right here rooting for you. I will root for you every week. And if you want to reach out and talk with me, I would love to hear from you. Are you ready to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.